You're listening to the Stronger Stride podcast with your hosts, Lydia Mackay and Sophie Lane. The plan is always to do one more lap, no matter, no matter what, um, and, and setting some guidelines as to how you can you can pull out. So that when you get into those low spots, you can't just go, oh, that'll do. I've had enough. I'm, I'm going to quit. So it was mm. my little rules were um, I can only pull out if I've got a bone sticking out. Otherwise, I'm, I'm back on the start line. <laughs> wow. It's so good, good to hear you. It's good to see you. Hello. How is the isolation life? I feel like you are probably quite relatable to almost all Australians at the moment. So <laughs> what's going? How are you coping? Um, honestly, it's been really great. Today's only day two or two and a half. And um, honestly, I've been very busy. I don't know what two people are talking about, how they get bored, because I just have this big, long list of life admin things that I've been putting off and I'm just smashing through this list and I've been busy. I've been doing my home workouts. I've been walking around my backyard, you know, really racking up the steps. Mm-hmm. My triceps are sore from doing hips of push-ups yesterday <laughs> and um, just, yeah, ticking off the to-dos, making a reading list, going through my wood. Just, it's been busy. So, so busy. In fact, I nothing less for me. <laughs> and so busy, in fact, that I forgot about our recording. You literally left me <laughs> hanging for 20 minutes and I'm just sitting here. Just might record by myself. <laughs> Thing is, you're too busy with all your to dos to get this done. Kitchen, Honestly. You know? Anyway, we made it. Better late than never. Mm. Anyway, how's your training been going? How's your oh, running going? So good. I think since last time we recorded, um, we've had a bit of a revelation in the running world for me, and I oh. have got a, a new program. Oh my gosh! Tell me, I'm so excited. Gosh, look. So we've got a bit of a structure for the year, a bit of a macro cycle bit of a whatever they call it in in the industry and there's a macro micro all of those um so we've got three races scheduled i say we we it is exciting regardless of whether you're doing it or not you're a part of it exactly so we've got three things planned so we've got about nine weeks until race one i'm gonna be very elusive about the events just like build the suspense oh so i've been telling people oh god no i almost have it no, that's right. Great joke. It is. A- <laughs> um, so anyway, I've got some structure to my training. After listening to Greg and chatting to Greg, I on our last episode, have a listen if you haven't already. I decided that I needed some structure and some consistency to make sure that I am staying accountable and reaching my goals, basically. So there's a bit of a plan in place. So I'm loving it. I um over Christmas had a bit of time on Central Coast. I went to King Cumber Mountain and Strickland for the first time, oh, Harmony, and then runs with Sue, and then just runs around Newcastle and just doing all the runs, you know, like still mileage is still pretty conservative, I guess you could say, um, but just enjoying it, just running as much as I can within reason and just making the most of it. I have been feeling quite slow. Um, mm-hmm. but What's new? Yeah. So I know, I don't think fast <laughs> in my vocabulary, so that's fine. We're just going to roll with it. But yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. It's all been very enjoyable. I think that's my word of the week. So how long until the first event? We won't say what it is. Eight and a half weeks. Oh, it is soon. It is. If anyone and can work out what it is, check oh, your calendars. Suspense. Leave a comment below what you think <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> um, I will be there too. So yes, you will. Um, what distance will I be doing? It's, it's a, a mystery. Mm-hmm. I might just be doing the spectator distance. Maybe. The 30-minute uh, walk, you know. <laughs> when I say walk, I mean cheering for you, walking to and from the hydration station oh, I appreciate from the start to the finish line, Love you it. know. It's important. That's an important role. 
It is. The cheerleaders are important. So I'm keen to fulfill that role. I hope um, you're training hard for your, all your cheerleading duties. Hope your pom-poms are ready. <laughs> I <laughs> actually would love... <laughs> oh, that's a good idea, actually. Stronger stride posters. Yeah. Well, hopefully by then I'll be wearing a Stronger stride <gasps> singlet. Hopefully. Mm. Speaking of... Due. They are overdue, in fact. Yeah. And we don't really have any updates on well, when they... Oh, around, so I have an update for you. I emailed them. And it was an automatic email to say that he is on holidays until the 10th. <laughs> so that was really, really useful. So um, stay tuned, guys. Um, they were due in December, but here we are, 2022. <laughs> Maybe they'll be here next year. We'll, we'll keep you updated. Yeah. If when you um, sent me that message saying <laughs> the, I will not say his name, but the person who have been speaking back and forth to yeah. is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I read that and interpreted it as like, a literal dog like an animal yeah and I was like oh my gosh we've been like (laughs) (laughs) like, talking to an actual dog like someone has like been playing a game with us and we think we've are you okay (laughs) you have been stuck inside for two days too many anyway anyway enough weirdness from us let's chat about our wonderful guest before actually Before we get into it, let's have a little bit of a chat about our friends at Tailwind. Lydia, tell us about them. Our friends at Tailwind. Oh, my goodness. Now, we've been wanting to speak about this because Tailwind have been supporting us for the last 12 months, right since we started our podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, they are a nutrition supplement company which provide a powder formula of electrolytes and protein and carbs. We love Tailwind and we really appreciate all the support they've given us so far. And to celebrate and to thank you all for listening, you guys can get some Tailwind of your own. You can head to Tailwind Nutrition Australia's website, which will be linked below, and use the code TAILWINDSTRONG for a lovely little discount. So check that out. That will support us. It will support them. And yeah, we're really grateful for all of you that are listening. And if you enjoy the episodes and want to run for a long time being fueled by the best in the business, then use the code and let us know how you go with it. That's it, guys. Definitely worth checking out. Um, fantastic for during your run and after your run because they do have they have the two options. They have your electrolyte and carb mix and then also your post-run hydration, which has got protein in it as well to help replenish that muscle damage. That's it. All you need all day. Just one more reminder. It is Tailwind Strong at Checkout. All right. Today we have a very exciting guest who, in fact, is a big fan of Tailwind himself, Chris Murphy ultra runner big 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 dog (laughs) ultra runner bigs backyard world championship competitor and just all-round legend tell us a little bit about him Liz look we do have a lot of legends on the podcast it is a recurring theme um but Chris was pretty impressive so his specialty is the backyard ultra and if no one knows what that is. You're going to listen to this episode and find out. <laughs> oh, so, You're not going to tell them right now? <laughs> so I we're going to tell you all the details. But basically, <laughs> you run a lap, which is around 7Ks. And, you know, depending on what the course is, where that's taking place, but it's the same lap every single time. And you start the lap on the hour, every hour, and you basically go for as many hours as you can. And the winner is the person who is the last one standing. So the race does not have an expected finish time. It's just whoever is hanging out at the end. And Sophie and I actually did one of these, a virtual one, halfway through last year, which was, um, our, was that when you were getting injured? Look, oh, it was, 
potentially the beginning of our demise, but that's yeah. okay. Regardless, uh, we had we gave it a go. We had so much fun. Well, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did in between laps. I loved the little breaks in between. The running part, mm. not so much, but like I enjoyed the little gaps, which was good. Mm. Anyway, it's a very interesting concept. Um, and we hadn't done it before, but Chris, that's his thing. He actually has um a an Australian record and that I think it might have just been beaten now, but um he then represented an Australian team of 15 members and went on to um, win the Australian leg and and that was when he got the record which was 46 laps so 46 hours and the previous record before that was 41 but I think I think as I said it has been beaten now since but at that time that was 308.2 k's which is yeah it's insane Um, and I think Chris is going to contend the current record holder in Perth in a couple of months time so the two of them are going head to head Hopefully, I think that's the difference with these sort of events is it is a bit of a team thing where you kind of both have to push each other right to the end in order for either of you to succeed. So hopefully they can sort of work together on that and maybe get to the 50 laps or yeah, we'll see, see how they go there. So yeah, Chris will tell you all about his experiences with ultra running and backyard ultras in this episode. So yeah, have a listen and see what you think. Mm. You can get to try one. There are a few popping up this year. So check them out. We might be there doing a few laps with you. And mm. Yeah. So enjoy the episode and let us know what you think. That's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for your support. Um, as usual, please let us know if you're listening, where you're listening. Send us a message um, if you have any questions or if you have any ideas or suggestions for who you want on the podcast for 2022. Yes. Uh, we have a long list, as usual, of all um, the people that we are hoping to get on, as well as lots of people lined up. And we're so excited to bring you a bigger and bigger a bigger and bigger, a bigger and bigger, <laughs> a bigger and better 2022. Oh, um, be but the podcast is nothing without our listeners. So yeah. it's up to you guys to let us know what you love and what you don't love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, guys. We will speak to you soon. Enjoy. Welcome back, guys. Today we have Chris Murphy, who is a quite successful ultra runner. Um, he's had a few achievements in the Bigs Backyard World Championships and some, yeah, really interesting ultra races that he's competed in on quite, a, well, the world stage, I guess. So we're really excited to have you on, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Cheers. All right. Before we get into it, do you want to just give us a little bit of your background, I guess, how you got into running, what you do with yourself and, yeah, just kind of how you got to this point? Uh, yeah, so... I live up in Queensland. I work out in the mines out here. I'm a project manager out there. Um, oh, wow. I had a bit of heart stuff play up back in 2014. So oh, myocarditis. Okay. And then um, that sort of slowed me down for a few years. Wow. And then the bounce back from that, um, between that stressful work, drinking too much and all that sort of stuff, I'd put on a few kilos over the years. So mm. I decided I needed to get a bit fitter. Um, mm. Growing up, it was basketball, soccer, baseball, whatever mm. you name it. I could, I was doing it seven days a week. With work, sports didn't really fit. So, um, uh-huh. trying to build a bit of fitness back, I decided I'll, I'll just start doing a little bit of running just to to do something. And yeah, that started yeah. off going around the block. And then um, a friend suggested doing a five k that was up here in Ely Beach. So I went and I ran that. And then yeah, I had a friend who invited me to park run, and then that became a, a Saturday habit. Um, nice. which was pretty cool and then stumbled from that into some um, a couple of half marathons 
did a 28k trail race up here in the Whitsundays as well and then mm. for whatever reason decided to jump from the 28k trail run to the UTA 100. That's <laughs> wow. What was the time frame yeah. on all of that? Uh, from starting running to the UTA was two years. Mm. Mm. Wow. So that's that's rapid. That's a lot. Off more than I probably should have, but, um, but yeah. But you're here Head and you're still going. Got it done. Yeah. yeah. How did that first UTA go? It was tough. I started cramping up about 40Ks in, mm. um, in the quads. Jeez. So that was, At 40 that was a bit of a mental blow. It sucked. Um, yeah, yeah. No denying that, but um, and it was hard. Yeah, knowing that I still had sixty k's to go and that the legs were not in good condition, yeah, <laughs> was was a little bit of a hard thing. But um, but yeah, I just kept on pushing through. Realized eventually that the quads don't really stop you from running when they cramp. You can sort of still push <laughs> those to some degree. That's when oh. the hammies and the calves and stuff go that you sort of come to a screaming halt. So, mm, um, yeah, battled through, got that one done, uh, and then. <laughs> I think I had a few months off after that. It it, it took some recovery from that bad boy, but yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was it was good. I had a ball. I loved it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And then after those months off, what what did that next sort of period look like for you? Because obviously, since then you've you've done some even even bigger events. Did you once you finished UTA, were you really keen to get back into it once you had recovered? Like, was were you looking at races and events straight away, or were you sort of taking a bit of time? No, sort of against the idea of getting back into the, the mm. long distance stuff but yeah. it it was great and it but it did chew up a lot of time and effort and um, whatnot to get to that point we, but up here we have a 58k um, ultra as part of a trail running festival here yeah. so once i'd sort of done the 100k it was expected from my local mm. um, running crew that <laughs> i would be running that one so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so i didn't have a choice but um so i got back into that one and, and that got me back on track to to running properly again and got in, did that one. And when I ran the first UTA, I mm. finished just over the, the 14 hour mark for the silver buckle. Uh, so missed that by oh, okay. like 17 minutes, wow. which was never, a, a, never an expected goal was to mm. get that. So, but being so close, I sort of felt like I could train a bit more this year and with a bit more mm. um, time under my feet, mm. I could go back and get that silver buckle so that sort of lingered in the background and mm. motivated me to to go back and do that again yeah. i went back the next year and managed to get that silver buckle got it well done cool. so yeah. good yeah. that's huge because having a run where you're like cramping at 40ks and you've still got 60 to go i mean i guess like all endurance running is painful to some extent and like it's all just different types of pain but yes. yeah it's, it's so impressive and i guess that's great that you had that other run at ellie beach the 50k or 58k that was somewhat more enjoyable maybe than your first UTA. Yeah, no, it, it was a really good kickstart to get me back into it and um, keep me rolling. Uh, the next year I managed to not cramp until about 52Ks, which was which oh, an improvement. good little bonus. Yeah. <laughs> if you keep so, doing it, you might just but, uh, never cramp eventually. Yeah, well, the third year it was, it was about 45Ks I started oh, cramping. What? So <laughs> oh, no. I, need, I need to figure this cramping thing out. Yeah, I think I just pushed yeah. a little bit too hard at the start. Yeah. What do you think it is? Have you looked into it much? I know cramping is a little bit of a mystery, but have you tried assuming different sort of nutrition strategies and things like that? I think the biggest thing is I, I probably need to do a bit more hill training. I'm a little mm. bit slack on, on those and the downhills. They just destroy mm. my quads. So I need to probably ease it back on the downhills and, yeah. and do a bit more training in the lead up on a bit more yeah. specific trail stuff. What's the terrain like up where you are around Early Beach? Is, I'm assuming there's some nice trails. Is there much elevation? 
a few little trails with some some good elevation. Um, Honey Eaters is one I tend to, to go back and forth and look out just above the main part of Alley Beach there. I think it's about four to 500 metres total elevation in about an oh, eight okay. to 10K out and back. Oh, right. Um, okay. Which is which is pretty cool. So yeah, that's the other awesome. year, I'd, for whatever reason, when COVID came in and all the races got cancelled, did 100K going up and down that 10 times just for shits wow. and giggles. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was terrible. Never wanted to How see that How long did that take? Uh, I think that was a bit, just over 16 hours. Wow. Oh, shit. So, but I got, out of the 10 loops, I think I did one lap on my own, which was the first oh, one, like four okay. o'clock in the morning. The rest yep. of that, I had people coming and tagging along and yeah, had nice. yeah, friends just hanging out for the day. So it was it was a cool little cool little um, get together with That's some friends. That's so nice. Seems like there's yeah. a good community up there then. Is it the Whit Sunday Running Club that most of these people are from or is it more of a yes. broader community? Yeah. No, mostly the Whit Sunday Running Club. Some of the, the Tri Club are really passionate about it all as well. So, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the support I get from, from the friends up here with the, the running club and even those that are just close by all park runners is just mm. phenomenal so good yeah. makes such a difference yeah. that's awesome it does it's, it's great from there how did you come up with the idea of getting into the backyard ultra scene and can you let everyone know what actually is a backyard ultra how does it work and i guess all the the details behind it yeah so the backyard ultra is a last one standing race so there is no finish line it's mm. you start on the hour every hour and you've got a 6.7k loop or 4.16667 mile loop to do so <laughs> specific <laughs> yeah so the distance comes from in a 24-hour period so after your 24 hours of running you've completed 100 miles so it's oh, okay. broken down the hourly basis and you've got an, an hour to do that loop and yeah. if you finish within that hour you're good to go but you have to be on the start line to go again the next hour mm-hmm. um, if you don't finish within the hour or you don't line up to go for the next one you're out and it just keeps going yeah every hour on the hour until there's only one person left it becomes quite a mental battle to some degree definitely yeah but um but uh yeah it's a it's a really cool format that i sort of accidentally stumbled into Mm -hmm. i'd I'd seen and heard about it and was really curious about it um and in 2020 i was i had a race that i was lined up for in france i was supposed to do tds uh, over as part of the utmb stuff and Uh. obviously couldn't get couldn't get across there yeah. and for whatever reason yeah. I had a an entry into the Clint Eastwood down in Brisbane as a backup. So I, I wandered down there and lined up and had a crack at the, the last one standing there. Wow. And managed to managed to end up coming third with 30 hours. Wow. Yeah, 30 hours. That's incredible. Yeah, so that was my longest run by far. So it was I think it was just over 200 kilometers. So wow. distance PB by about hundred K. Yeah, yeah, huge. Such yeah. a big step up. And what was your mindset going into that? Like, how do you prepare for something like a backyard ultra? Because it's not, it's not fixed, you know. Like any other race, you've got a very clear like, this is the distance I'm running, or this is the the time I'm running, or my pace, or it's it's much clearer what the goal is. But with a backyard ultra, it's just so open and and potentially never ending. How do you prepare for that mentally? Um, it's. It's setting certain goals and rules in place, I suppose, beforehand. So mm-hmm. obviously the, the main one is just the plan is always to do one more lap, no, ma- no matter what, mm-hmm. um, and and setting some guidelines as to how you can you can pull out. So that when you get into those low spots, you can't just go, oh, that'll do. I've had enough. I'm, I'm going to quit. So it was mm-hmm. my little rules were um, I can only pull out if I've got a bone sticking out. Otherwise, I'm, I'm back on the start line. <laughs> wow. Um, so is that when you pull out then? <laughs> what bone was No, it? unfortunately it was 
it, it was a toenail that was had sort of had a blister pop up underneath it and was now uh, a little toenail was floating around up on top and it was it was really sudden a really sharp pain in my toe and yeah. I couldn't put weight on it and yeah so it was halfway oh, through the lap and gosh. pulled the shoe off and had a look and went oh that's not good oh, oh, put the shoe back on and well technically had, you had a something sticking out back to the start oh and, gosh yeah, so. yeah something almost was, almost a bone <laughs> almost a bone but at that point I was I was pretty happy to see that it gave me a reason to stop that I was happy with it at the time yeah well 30 laps it's quite a quite a good number i mean it's amazing but 30 is quite a quite a satisfying nice number, number. <laughs> so for proof yeah, 29 maybe not 30 is okay yeah and it was 201 kilometers so it just just ticked oh, over that box nice. as well so that was that yeah. was pretty cool but, yeah uh, but the other side of it was we had ryan crawford and um ken munro were still running and those guys look good and they look like they're going to go for days mm. and days so I, mm. that gets inside your head as well that Mm. what's the point of me continuing to run they're going to keep going no matter how long i go so yeah it's not just going to be one more lap it's probably yeah so i learned a few things from that and obviously trying to keep things simple throughout the race so you don't have to make decisions on the on the fly um, yeah okay uh, the poor wife having to crew me for the whole time yeah was awesome but <laughs> oh my goodness so because i was going to ask about yeah. that how do you go into fueling prep for something like that because obviously you don't know how much time you're going to be back each lap and you also don't know how long you're going to be going for so normally for endurance races i mean you know it's usually like there's a bit of um variables in terms of the length that you'll be running for but you've normally got a bit of an idea whereas for this you know it can be so long like do you actually eat on your run or is it always at the end of a lap for that one and the next one i was tailwind out on course so i was taking out a liter of water with and so one bottle with two scoops of tailwind one bottle of just plain water and yeah. I drink that out on course, and that was sort of just a, a base nutrition throughout the whole event. Yeah. And then when I come back into the tent, it'll either be a gel or some mashed potato or some rice or mm. a handful of different things, but um, some two minute noodles, just to nice. top up the um, top up the calories for that hour, mm-hmm. and then and then go again. So um, yeah, trying to keep it as as simple as I could is is the biggest thing, so that there's no major hiccups or major decisions to be made because you sort of your head doesn't cope real well when you get further and further into these things so yeah less decisions are better yeah and what about sleep how do you manage the sleep obviously you've got a pretty short window of opportunity to eat potentially change shoes or change clothes go to the toilet and maybe sleep how do you fit all of that in in such a short time you've kind of got to try and plan ahead to some degree so you can obviously can't do everything all on Mm. every lap so um for the ones down in the Brisbane, so I did, I've done two down there. It was about a 46-minute loop fairly consistently. Mm. So you've got that 14 minutes to, mm. to get everything sorted. So come in, eat what, you, eat what I can. And then um, for the most part, it was put the head down and go to sleep. Wow. Five minutes or so. I got pretty good at going to sleep really quickly. <laughs> Gee, uh, how do you so feel waking up after that? Because I can't imagine you feel too refreshed. No, they're oh. It's definitely better than not sleeping. So yeah, okay. On yeah. the first one, I would. Um, we started at ten o'clock at night. I think it was the first one, or one a.m. for the first one. And um, mm-hmm. I only got about two hours sleep before the race, so a few hours in, I was, I was nodding off and feeling terrible. So a couple of power wow. naps, five minute power naps, really made a difference. So it was from there. It was basically trying to sleep every lap, day or night, and um, yeah, it it Gee. made a big difference. But they they blow a whistle three minutes, two minutes, and one minute before the, the start of the next uh-huh. hour. 
Yeah. So yeah, that that would rudely awaken me. So <laughs> you'd be dreading was, hearing that sound. Yeah. Did Did yeah. you ever? Um, yeah, so. Did you ever sort of think, no, this lap, I'm not eating. I'm just going to try and sleep for 13 of those 14 minutes. <laughs> did you do that sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted to, but the wife was under strict instructions to get mm. to get food into me somehow. So mm. she would just go, eat this and then you can sleep and sort of force me. So, which is good. It's exactly yeah. what I was wanting from her. Uh-huh. And um, why did you have like two hours sleep before that race? Was that intentional surely not nope definitely <laughs> okay. not it was the 1am start um getting there that day packing up everything getting laid out and set up on course and then having some dinner and then trying to lay down to get some sleep and there was still other people setting up around because we were camping at the or uh, camp at the at the start line yeah so other people setting up and whatnot and then um yeah just i suppose uh, nerves and excitement from the race yeah and, uh, yeah yeah yeah, that's insane. Because I mean, sleep is so important for recovery and performance. So, um, surely that would have not only been a hindrance to you physically, but like it would have played on your mind as well. And especially when an event where your mental focus and clarity would have been so crucial to sort of start it, start the race, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I've only had two hours." Like, did that play on you in your head, or you just sort of had to go, I'm "Not thinking about it. It is what it is." I'll sleep when I can, I'll eat when I can and just block it out. Like, is that, how, how do you go about that? Yeah, it, it was a hard one because this style of race, you know, that sleep deprivation is going to play a factor in it. So starting oh. on starting on less than ideal sleep definitely played play with my mind. But, mm. um, yeah, yeah, once I started getting a few naps in and realising that that was making such a big difference, it sort of helped calm me down in that respect and uh, mm-hmm. just added a little bit extra to the plan that I was mm. going to be sleeping just about every lap. Yeah. And how was your training leading up to this? Yeah. Did you practice that same sort of system? Like were you doing laps around your block at home and coming in and eating and and practicing that sort of routine or did you just sort of go out for a few hours and do a longer run? Uh, We built up with a fair few decent sized long runs and then uh, probably a month or two out, the coach had me do a Goggins challenging four by four by 48 just to get an idea of mm-hmm. sleep deprivation and getting up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up bumping that up to a little bit further each time. So I ended up doing, I got made it to hundred Ks over the 48 hours, just mm-hmm. to make it a nice right. round number. Nice. And um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was tough. That was mm-hmm. tough. Just having to get up every four hours was a little <laughs> bit rough, but um, yeah, got that done. And then a little bit closer to the race we did, I think we did a, a 12 hour, training version of the race so 6.7 k's every hour for 12 hours oh wow so, you're right yeah. and, i mean you um, say that, we that was a good little lead up uh Sorry, yeah so i had is that the wit sunday running club yeah yeah so I had a, yeah. I had a couple of people did about eight to ten hours with me i think and mm. then um yeah a few other people coming and going out throughout the day which was which was really cool makes mm. a makes a day go a little bit quicker yeah for sure Yep. So that event, the, the Clint Eastwood event that we're talking about, that's what then qualified you for your next event to represent Australia. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So after that one, um, a week or so later, I got a, a message from Alan, the, the race director there saying, Hey, we've, we've got this satellite world championship thing going on. Um, mm. Would you like to be join us as part of the Australian team? And then um, yeah, oh. I jumped on that pretty quick and said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that was about, I think it was only about six weeks later six or eight weeks wow. later was, was the next one. So yeah. it was a, a quick turnaround. Mm. Uh, 
bit of recovery, a couple of weeks of training and then taper again. So there was nothing, nothing crazy in between. And um, yeah, no, that was awesome. Just seeing that the caliber runners that were there, I was excited just to get amongst them and, and run mm. and hang out and learn as much as I could. So, mm. And you pretty did exciting. pretty well on that day, right? Like 46 laps and potentially Australian, Australian record. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it went a whole lot better than expected. Um, so good. <laughs> uh, Talk us through yeah, that. so we ended up, yeah, we knocked out 46 laps all up. But yeah, we just started out nice and steady as, as we did. Same course as at Clint Eastwood. So it was back to the same old 6.7K loop. <laughs> just spent you know it so 30 well. hours on. But, so I knew the course. That's good. Um, and then, yeah, we just, it was cool to hang out and chat and spend some time with the group of runners that have all mostly represented Australia before in a range of things mm. from 24 hours to 100Ks. And all of a sudden we got to the 30 hour mark and there was um, only two of us left. So it was wow. me and Barry Loveday. And yeah, he he just kept pushing and pushing to to get us through and keep us going. Kept seeing little goals along the way to get to a few more hours. And then once we mm. sort of got up close to the 40 mark. Um, so the Australian record at that time was 41 hours. So um, yeah, so we pushed to, to try and get past that. And we pushed a little bit further and got to end yeah. up getting to 46. And um, right. unfortunately, Barry, Barry timed out. Oh, and, um, gosh. Yeah, I walked away with the win somehow. Yeah, uh, well, Australian cool. record. Yeah, congratulations. It's incredible. Yeah. And Thank 308, yeah. about 308 kilometres, was it? Yeah, yep. So another amazing. distance PB by 100Ks, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? So you've gone from, yeah, UTA 100 and then doing your first backyard ultra, getting 200Ks and now 300. Gosh, when's it going to end? You're going to be at 1,000 soon. <laughs> yeah, if only. So that, That's that how it works, right? quite go so well on the third one. <laughs> yeah, so let's chat about that. So once you'd done um, the Australian team's event and you'd won it and you got the Australian record, obviously that then qualifies you for, I guess, the next stage or, or another event and you went over to America, yeah. right? Yeah, so all, all the winners from the different countries then got the entry to head over to Tennessee um, to Big's Backyard. So that's the, the original event, the main one. Mm. That's Lazarus Lake's actual backyard. It's insane. And, um, yeah, so it, it was 12 months of planning and figuring out how I was going to be allowed to leave the country yeah. and, and get yeah. over there. And It was a battle, but um, we got, got through all the paperwork and red tape and whatnot. And, um, mm. yeah, I got to, got to fly over to America and, hanging out in Tennessee for three weeks and, wow. and get to it must run have been with surreal. incredible runners. It was, it was crazy. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, I mean, we've got so many questions. Firstly, how was Laz? What was he like? Yeah. We've seen him on documentaries on YouTube and everything. <laughs> Everyone kind of knows him as this character. Did you get to spend much time yeah. with him? Could you kind of suss him out a bit? Like, is it all a bit of a facade? Like, <laughs> <Just> suss him <laughs> out. <laughs> What's the go? <laughs> it's, he's... He's definitely a um, unique individual, he's, mm. but, um, but yeah, he, he's really cool. He, he, his love for running and pushing people to their limits is just crazy. Like mm. watching him ring the bell every hour after well, at this event, well into the third, fourth day, wow. he's, he's had less sleep than most of the runners and mm -hmm. just the, the excitement and joy you see in his face from watching these people push is just, yeah, he absolutely loves it. And, mm. Yeah, no, it was it was great to spend some time, get to have a, a few good chats with him, and um, so cool. he, he came into my tent after I after I'd timed out and mm -hmm. had a good chat for probably ten minutes, and yeah, no, it was oh, so cool. it was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, wow. just to how see did the race? How much he enjoys and loves it. 
Yeah, that's so inspiring. Surely, like as you said, Laz seems so passionate and surely you'd have to be, as you said, not getting hardly any sleep. I mean, it's a long time to be out there ringing that bell and obviously organising the race and everything. Um, It's amazing to hear that he is still so passionate and that's awesome that you got to have some good chats with him. Yeah, no, it it was really cool to see between chatting to him and then just sitting in the background and watching how it all plays out. It was really nice that he's he's got such a passion for what what's going on and mm. how much he um, respects the runners and um, he just wants them to do their absolute best and push them to see what they can find. Yeah, that's and, uh, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and how did the race yeah. go for you? I it was think excellent. from what you just mentioned, it maybe didn't go quite as well as the one in Brisbane, but talk us through the actual event for you. Yeah, so we set up the day before. So we, my my coach is is in America, so she flew across from Wyoming over to Tennessee and oh, wow. hung out with me for the race, which was which was really really cool. Um, so yeah, we set up the day before and went for a walk. So there's this this race is a little bit different. So the daytime there's a there's a trail loop, and then overnight we go out onto the road just because it's a little bit tricky to be running that trail at night. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we walked the trail and yeah, it, it was a fair bit more technical and. Mm. hilly than i was expecting so gosh uh, it was sort of a bit late by that stage but that was it was all cool it was it was a brilliant trail it was awesome to to have a backyard like that which which Mm. Lotus does um Mm. but uh but yeah so we walked that figured out what was going on um set up met up with a few of the runners there so uh, mike warding maggie guitar courtney de walter harvey lewis sarah moore there yeah Mm. some really cool people just hanging out chatting and then um and then once we got into it the next day, it was just sort of selling in for for casual run after casual run after mm-hmm. every hour. A little bit different feel with this one, I think, because everyone's expecting to go so far. Um, mm. the, like, the sort of the little milestones didn't really cause much fanfare. So um, yeah, we got through the first day, the first night. It was really cold overnight, which was a little bit tough coming from the, the, the tropics. Mm. Yeah, it was about four or five degrees overnight. Oh, a little, a little bit chilly for me. Yeah, uh, that would so, be one so thing. Prepare for better. Yeah. And so what was that sort of atmosphere like? Because as you said, there are people there, like some pretty big names that are planning to go for a long, long time. Was there much sort of chat on the course? Like were people friendly and joking at the start or was it pretty serious the whole whole way? No, for the most part, it's all, all really friendly. Everyone's, um, it's not really a competitive type feel. Everyone's there trying to push everyone else to go as far as they can because because with this style of race, you, you can't go long without someone else there mm. to go with you. So yeah, everyone wants the best from everyone. All the runners, lads, everyone wants everyone to push to their until they can't push any further. No one wants to drop out from just not not being happy. That real social feel on the runs was was pretty cool. So you you just run out and each lap you're running with someone a little bit different. You're having a chat with them and seeing where they're from and what they've been doing. And, mm. um, and yeah, then you come in and then you go out for another lap and you chat with someone else for, <laughs> for that 45, 55 minutes. Oh, that's so cool. And, um, and then you sort of get into the 24, 36-hour mark and it's, it's getting <laughs> a little bit quieter. Not as many people chatting as much as they were before. And the second night, so it was sort of, once you sort of get to the end of each 12-hour period, you're looking forward to going from trail to road. You're looking forward to that road road loop. And then after a few hours on that, you're looking forward to get back to the trail. We got onto the road again on the second night. Um, and I was happy to see that. The first few laps went really well. And then mm. things started to slow down a little bit. As that happens, you get less time to recover and eat and sleep mm. and, and whatnot. So the next the next loop, we get a little bit slower. I think on lap 41, I came back in on the 57-minute whistle. 
So with three wow. minutes to go. So it was getting to the point where it was faster for me to to hike and, and walk than it was for me to try and shuffle along running. Yeah, so I didn't want to quit in the chair, um, obviously. So the plan was to go back out. And if, if I could hike the lap in time, I'd hike the lap in time. Otherwise, I'd yeah, do what I could to get back. And um, I got to the turnaround point on that lap and I think I was about 30 minutes and 40 seconds at the halfway mark. So I was just over. Oh, far out. The time for that side was I had to negative split that loop to make it back in time. <laughs> wow. And um, yeah, as I came up the last few hundred metres, the group ran out and ran past me with the start of the next loop. So I was, oh. I was done. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, the coach came down with a blanket and met me and checked me out, checked that I was okay. And yeah. I was, mentally, I was really, really good through the whole race, which which was cool mm. and just a little bit frustrating. I think if I could have had maybe half an hour re- chance to recover and mm. eat more or, or do something, stretch and work mm. on the body a little bit, I, I, I could have gone for a lot longer, I think, but you just don't mm. get that opportunity in this style of race. It's no restrict. And, and um, was there also possibly a sense of relief when you saw others coming out like what was part of you sort of like oh thank goodness I can rest now like it's done or were you, were you quite devastated uh a little bit of both mm. like it's, yeah. it's welcome relief that it's done and dusted at the time I felt like I'd given everything and I just got to a point where the body couldn't go any further yeah. at that pace yeah um so I was I was happy in that respect getting to sit down and Laz came in and we had the chat after me dropping out and mm. get to spend a bit of time with him him and his wife, which was cool. Sit up and, and watch the rest of the race unfold was was pretty cool. But the downside was a couple of days later, I felt really, really good. I could still walk without issue. I went back out doing some trail runs a couple of days later. So the body wasn't as broken as it should have been. So, oh, gosh. So that's so harsh, though, right? Like, that's just such a crazy <laughs> mindset. And maybe that's the mindset that you need to be as an accomplished trail runner as you are, but like that, that's so harsh to sort of think like your body bounces back so well, which, you know, is obviously a testament to your training and to how strong and fit you are. But then instead of sort of looking at that, like, Oh, great recovery. It's like, Oh, I, Mm. there was more. I could have, I could have been recovering for a month or whatever. Like, I mean, it's such a slippery slope, isn't it? Right. With these sorts of things, like, you're always wondering yes. where is the limit. Yeah, surely you'd never know though, especially with something like this. There's no actual finish line, and maybe yeah, you could you'd want to win potentially. That could be a an, a milestone, but then you might think, oh, I could have done another lap. Like, there's mentally yes. it's so tough because there is no okay. I've I've done it. I've finished it. I've completed. I've done everything I could have done. Like, how would you even know when you could get to that point? That's it. There's there's always something you could have done slightly different or slightly mm-hmm. better or potentially take you further um like laz says he feels bad for the person that wins these races because they're the only person that didn't find out how far they could go on that day and which is definitely true (laughs) it's a cool little motivator i suppose to Mm. to try again so Mm. i told laz that i'll be back in two years because i want to go further there okay so that's the plan then now it's got got to qualify and get there yeah Yeah, you have a process to to get there and it's getting harder and harder there's more and more of these races more more and more people yeah 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 so more of the races more people figuring out how how it works Mm. um yeah i don't have the australian record anymore that's been broken twice since i've i've done it really both both times by phil gore so what is it now just trying it's sitting at 51 oh gosh okay he bumped it up to 48 and then bumped it up to 51 yeah definitely doable um yeah i've just got to 
get to the right race with the right people. And um, mm. we can, I can, I think we can take that a lot further. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping to be in Perth in March. So right. I actually need okay. to let the race director know that I'm, I'm planning on being there if I can get there. Yeah. So, and, and how do you and racing um, against Phil Gore? Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, have you goodness. done? Have you raced with him before? No, no. Oh, cool. No, we've messaged back and forth a few times because obviously yeah. he's done some done some awesome things. We were mm. hoping he was going to be able to get to America as well because he had a spot, but um, he, he just couldn't make it happen. So now we just need to get together good. and the showdown in Perth. push each other. And yeah, fingers crossed. If I can get there, I'll be there. Wow. Um, how do you sort of deal with the mindset? I guess what we were just speaking about before about always feeling like you could do more. Do you find that quite a motivator with your training? Or is it at times a bit of a hindrance in terms of maintaining self-belief and, and I guess, having time to actually reflect and be proud of your achievements? I think it just, it just keeps feeding curiosity as to, mm. to what, what is possible. Like, I've, like we said, the, the quick ramp up from no running to 100Ks and then stumbling into these old backyard ultras and, mm. and, and doing really well yeah. in, in that format, I still feel like there's a lot of potential there for myself. Like I think there's still plenty of room in my, my training to, to increase volume and, and, and whatnot. It's just building my body up to be able to handle all that. Um, mm. The coach has been fantastic. Clearly she's done a mm. cracking job with, um, with getting me to where I am now. It's just a matter of continuing to build on what we've built over the last few years. And that curiosity of knowing that there's more in the tank is, is a pretty cool motivator. Mm. Um, it's just figuring out how to get that out of the tank and onto the score sheet, I guess. Yeah, for sure. What will the next few months look like leading up to Perth for you? What kind of training will you be doing and, and what sort of Ks do you normally go through each week? Um, at the moment, I'm just about to start tapering. I've got a 50K down in Brisbane, so hares and hounds. Cool. So that's just something a little bit different, a bit of fun. Um, so I've been doing a bit of speed work to try and get some of that back <laughs> isn't that last... amazing short distance what a sentence yes speed work for a 50k <laughs> that's so wild so cool. the last the last 18 months or so has been a lot of just long slow um fairly flat training so mm-hmm. um yeah trying to change it up a little bit and yeah the last month or month or two starting to throw some tempo work in and, and that has been a bit of a, a change and mm. um Took a little bit of practice to get back used to that again, but um, mm-hmm. but it's been really good. Seen some good progress with that, which has been fun. Um, not um, dreading doing those tempo intervals as much as I did at the start. So, <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> working well. And then from there, it'll probably go back into some um, longer, longer flutter stuff again to get ready for the uh, Hurdies Front Yard Ultra, I think it's called. And um, Front, front yard. yard. Yeah, mileage. <laughs> <laughs> mileage wise i think i'm running about 70 or 80 k's a week at the moment just with a, that higher okay. intensity so it's oh, not massive okay. and then the longer slower stuff i'll probably jump up to maybe about 130 so decent mileage but nothing nothing crazy mm. like the biggest week i've ever done was about a 100 mile week which i've tagged once so yeah, yeah. nice and with all that training obviously that's quite a big commitment and would take up a lot of your time and you're obviously working as well how do you fit in because you've got kids I think you've got a family you've got a wife how do you fit in everything in your life and how do you manage balancing mm. all of that uh at, from the work side of things because I, I work away from home it's it's fairly routine I've got I do a say 13 hour work day home changed out for a run for up to an hour and a half two hours max wow. and then um 
dinner in bed. So it's it's a nice, easy routine. I've got nothing else to worry about except for myself. And then when I come home, obviously a wife, I've got a seven-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. Wow. Um, so they they're obviously need some of my time. So <laughs> I, um, yeah. I just try and squeeze my runs in wherever they fit as best I can. So today I've got a three-hour three hour run I'm supposed to get done. I was planning it going out at 3.30 this morning, but I woke up at 2.30 and decided I needed more sleep because I came home late from work last night and whatnot. So it was, I thought sleep was a better option for this yeah. morning. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. yeah. Right, now I've just got to figure out how to squeeze that three hours in somehow. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard to manage it all. I don't know how you do it, but yeah, obviously you've, you're managing it quite well because you're getting a lot of success with your events. So you're doing something right. Yeah. And I've got a very understanding wife. Thankfully. Yeah, that would help. She's does she run? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask. <laughs> she, does, she does park run. Um, I've dragged her to UTA. So she's oh. generally locked into doing the UTA 22. Nice. She managed to smash with very little training. Yeah, so I think she could do really well if she applied herself to it, but she just doesn't have the same level of um, interest in it as I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough, I think. Which is fair enough. and have you had many injuries throughout this time obviously with all that mileage and these massive events have you suffered anything sort of significant along the way no I've been been really good I've always tried to keep the fact that I listen to my body as sort of one of the main things so if something starts to niggle I'll either find what the issue is and try and fix it or just back off and let it recover a little bit Um, so for the most part I've had a few little aches and pains or twinges here and there but nothing the worst is like a rolled ankle which is sore for a couple of days Mm. which is um yeah so i've been been really good in that respect nice. um I, i've always yeah tried to look after the body the coach is always the same if i mention something to her she'll go all right no worries we'll back this off or we'll try this or we'll um, get it sorted or mm. she'll tell me to go see a physio and get things checked out but um but yeah no i've been, been lucky is probably not the word i want to use but i've been lucky that yeah, yeah. i've been pretty healthy all the way through so um you credit that to combination of your coach yourself listening to your body and maybe seeing a physio are there any other things that you do to improve your recovery like um we've spoken a little bit about sleep but if you've got any other particular things like obviously having a family and kids and working away from home you know it sounds like you're time poor as it is but are there any other sort of hacks or things that you add into your routine for recovery no i'm i'm pretty slack in the body <laughs> maintenance side of things like okay, the, yeah. the physio i'll generally go and see if i've got something that has the potential to be a little bit nastier a good physio that i'm friends with here he's he does a good job when i go and see him he'll check me out give me a bit of advice on what i should or shouldn't be doing and and I generally try and take that and yeah it's all seemed to work good so far like in the early days of running i I'd have little aches and pains fairly regularly. I'd have a sore knee or an ankle or a muscle or whatever and try to back off or give it the attention it needed and then um, that'd go away. And then after after a certain period of time, those little aches and pains and niggles just stopped, like the body's sort of built up its strength and, and gotten used to the pounding that, that it cops. And um, for the most part, I'm, I'm generally ache-free. Awesome. And with, um, obviously, you've done quite a few events now and you mentioned a few things before with, you know, keeping things simple and having a good nutrition strategy and, and getting those little sleeps in in between. Is, is there anything that you would do on top of those things differently, um, like going into the race in Perth? Are there things that you've changed that you previously wouldn't have, have known about or, or would have done differently in the past? Um, no, I think like, like like we said, nutrition, I think I've got pretty dialed in that yeah. that simple routine of having tailwind out on course um, and then just topping up with a bit of generally real food back at camp, getting sleep when I'm, I've needed 
working with the coach at Biggs over in Tennessee, we worked with the caffeine really, really well. Mm, we had, okay. had some really good success with that and timing that right. And Patches like, during the night on the road, being dead straight, you've got nothing to look at. We're mostly running by moonlight. It was We had enough of that just to see where we were going. It, you'd have patches where you just close your eyes to try and get a little bit of rest out on course. There's a few times where I'd be walking on the trail and I'd start to feel like I was nodding off mm. out on course there. So we brought in some caffeine and a couple laps later, I felt great. So I think I've figured a bit more out about how caffeine works well for me, mm. which is great. So that's one thing I'll continue to to tweak a little bit going forward, I think. But mm. for the most part, for that style of race, I think I've got most things sorted out. It'll just be temp- managing temperature. So when it's when it's hot, I'm trying to keep the body cool. And of a nighttime when it gets cold, trying to keep the body warm but not too hot. And yeah, so a little few little things to play with like that. But for the most part, I think yeah. I've got I'm pretty happy with where I'm at with with that style of race. The the stuff like UTA where you've got to push the pace a little bit more. I'm still obviously struggling with with the cramping side of things. Mm-hmm. And I've got a 24 hour track race in July this year down in Canberra. I'll be having a go at for something different. That's another one where I'll be pushing the pace and we'll see how that plays out. So yeah. I haven't done one of those before. No, that'll be, so that'll be interesting. interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Have you got like a distance in mind that you would hope to get? Uh, yeah, probably pushing around the 250 mark is hopefully the, oh, wow. the aim. Yeah. Gosh. Gee, yeah. it's incredible. When we were, <laughs> we were supposed to do this race last year and we looked into um, goals and whatnot. And I think the Australian team qualifier mark is around the 240 240 ah, mark right and if you want to go for a record of some description you've got to give them some notice so i started looking to what the the records were and at that time the world record was 303 the australian record was 303 and my age group was 303 so oh my god i'm like well i've got nothing that i'm oh, give it a few years <laughs> that i can aim for so i'll just oh my so. gosh wow. wow you've mentioned with your fueling um, caffeine and tailwind. Um, what about when you're training? Do you use tailwind as well? Or is it just depends week to week, session to session? Definitely use tailwind through my training. I'll throw uh, a few other bits and pieces in for the, some of the longer runs. Definitely try and practice nutrition strategies. Like when I do those, uh, the backyard ultra format training runs, I'll try and do race race style nutrition just to get a feel for how that's that's going to work for me on the day. And then up here with, with the heat at the moment, like it's generally mid thirties with crazy humidity. It's, I can't afford to go out without, without water and a bit of tailwind thrown in it. And then some, for some of the bigger runs, the, the rebuild afterwards seems to really help as well. So yeah, yeah, What's trying your, to keep consistent. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it comes up so often consistency. It's so important. I think definitely practicing yeah. what you're going to be using on race days is, is crucial, isn't it? Have you got a favorite flavor? Uh, usually the, the lemon. I think nice. Yeah, good I've been smashing the naked lately. So, oh, okay. yeah. do you add anything to it, or you just have just the naked? water? Just water. Oh, of course, yeah. But like, you don't put your own like <laughs> no, just have straight powder. No, I was oh, thinking like maybe like you, you put in your own like I don't know Extra citrus or something. Or something. <laughs> no, no, just, no. Try and keep it simple. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask is just a little bit about your gear. So, what shoes do you run in? Have you got like? certain socks or a hydration pack what do you run with i seem to have settled really well into the hokers so nice um, i've got way too many pairs of those um yeah 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 i just they seem to work so like i said if it's not broke don't fix it so i, I stick stick with those boys um i've now settled into the in gingy socks in the lightweight oh, nice. seems yep. to work really well for me so most part that's what i 
I'll run in there. Running vest of I'm with the Solomon Advanced Skin 12 set. I think I'm on my God. third or fourth one of those. They Gosh, just... we've got matching yeah, outfits it's all the at the same. moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the cool kids are wearing this stuff. Yeah. I just wanted to be like you, so there we go. <laughs> and good as sunnies. They just... Oh, just oh okay. <laughs> Gosh, <Richards>. love yeah. it. <laughs> we, we have all this gear, literally. That's awesome. That's so good. What are your current go-to hockets for the trails? Uh, for the trails, I'm in the Speedgoat 4. I had each and every iteration of the Speedgoats. And the road, uh-huh. um, I'm usually floating between the between the Clifton and the Rincon. Oh, oh, me gosh. too. Checking a lot of boxes. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention while you're here? No, I think I got some awesome support in the lead up to going over to, to Biggs, which was which was really cool. So yep. Tailwind helped me out with some letters and stuff to get my travel exemption and gave me an application to be a trailblazer. So um jumped on board with those guys and nice. they've been fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. all just been a pretty fun little journey along the way. And mm, yeah, it sounds like keen it. Keen to see where we can take it from here. Yeah, well, I think we're excited too to to continue following the journey and see see how you go in Perth, see how you go in Canberra and then and back in the US in a couple mm. of years' time. Yeah, really excited. <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all of that. I think everyone's going to find that so interesting because it's just, you know, you hear a little bit about these sort of events, but to kind of get a little bit more detail and, and how it actually feels and how it actually works practically, mm. um, it's super interesting. So thank you for giving us that info. Lydia and I did a very very minor version yeah. of Backyard Ultra. I think I got seven and you got eight laps or something, which just yeah. sounds like nothing compared to yours. But nice work. It was something, but hopefully we'll, we'll get out with you one day and mm. give it another crack. Mm. Um, well, we enjoyed it. Like well, we really liked it. Well, at least I did. You're ne- Actually, no, sorry, Soph, you didn't like it. I was a bit sore, but like... <laughs> But um, injuries aside, I think we could give it another crap. It was nice having the yeah. the rest each lap. It's so different to what we'd ever done. Yeah, just coming in and like checking in with people and having something to eat and actually stopping to eat it rather than sort of having the gel while you're running. Like it was so different. Yeah. And, uh, obviously different when you're only doing eight hours yeah. like it's not it's not quite the same yes we were not sleep deprived or no like no that. so yeah amazing I can't even imagine doing the, the amount of laps that you did so yeah very inspiring yeah to put it into perspective I did 41 laps of bigs Harvey Lewis the winner did 85 so he did more than double double yeah. the distance that I did that's absolutely just, incredible yeah it's insane isn't it it's just amazing and i think yeah. all of this sort of stuff to some people 5ks is huge and then to other people mm. 50 100 there's no ceiling to it but i guess when you're in that environment and when you're running with these elite runners like um everyone that was there basically mm. was obviously very a very well established runner yep. so when you're chatting to them and and then they ended up end up doing 80 laps or anything more than you it's kind of like oh wow well if they can do that how i only did like however yeah. many like it's just yeah. I think you can never not compare yourself to others but if you're just talking to an everyday person exactly right. the stuff that you're doing is just out of this world just yeah. extraordinary but yeah where's the yep. ceiling where does it end it's just yeah mind-blowing yeah and that that's the really especially with this format that's a really cool thing that mm. it wasn't that long ago that 58 was the the world record oh wow and all of a sudden that's into the 60s and then last year when we had that satellite one it went to 75 and then someone's bumped up to 81 and then now this rate this this race they bumped up to 85 and if second place could have gone a bit longer how far could harvey have gone yeah yeah. Surely they've got to get really, to a bunch really of Really cool. I think that's the plan. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, just, There's just, a few people with that as their, their target. So gosh. all it takes is a, the right couple of people on the right day. Yeah. Or days. Yeah. That's it. Weeks, <laughs> nearly. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Gosh. Just incredible. Wow. Well, we can't wait yeah. to just continue watching this journey. Um, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate having you on. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been cool. Thanks.
much. We better let you go because you've got your three-hour run to do. So hopefully you yeah. still have a bit of time to get that done. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll chat to you soon. We might have to get you back on once you've been over to Perth and Canberra and everything else. We might have to have monthly check-ins and <laughs> keep on track. Sounds awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.